Hey, hey, Podnutians. Welcome to Lennox for the Rest of Us, episode 242. This show is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. This week's Patreon supporter is Matt Champ, a uh, Patreon supporter back from 2017. October of 2017, he only pledged one time. He pledged $13. It doesn't matter. I still thank him. I thank him for all the support. I thank everybody who has given us support throughout the years. And I want to say an utter thanks to also a uh, fellow by the name of Bruce Patterson. How is everything going, Bruce? I don't hear you. Week three and coronavirus free. I honestly, I am so okay with never walking out my front door for the rest of my life again i lost count of the weeks well you know the funny part about it is that in these three weeks i've been out a total of four times three of them for groceries and the fourth time for uh pharmacy and the funny thing is is i just discovered um the uh instacart folks so more on that down the road well i do believe that we are going to become more accustomed more accustomed and more accepting of having deliveries where they just drop it off and walk away kind of thing. Uh, I've been out the door at least in the last three weeks, 15 times, none of them for work. They're all to either get things for senior citizens that I know around the neighborhood or related to me or going to the grocery store because I got a teenager and he eats a hell of a lot or just going out for myself for liquor because I have to take care of myself, you know? Well, you know, I guess the best part about this is that, you know, I, if you shop with your head in the game, uh, you should be okay. I mean, not going overboard with the hoarding bull stuff. And, you know, I mean, I, we bought uh, a thing of toilet paper roughly two weeks ago. That's literally going to carry us for another month because you know what? I don't need five or six bundles of them. I just don't. <laughs> I'll just say, if you do need a 300 roll of toilet paper, you have bigger issues going on in your life. I don't. I need uh, like a gallon of liquor. I need lots of uh, Tostitos pizza rolls for my oldest son. And I need some miracle way to keep my wife happy. And then we're fine. Well, there you go. I think the only thing that's taken a hit so far is that um, that means three weeks I haven't been to the gym. Now, eh, that's usually not such a big deal but boy i'll tell you every time you go back it gets a little bit harder you know but uh yeah there's that gotcha gotcha and i will say i am working from home which means i'm literally spending sometimes 10 hours a day sitting in this chair and the reason i'm spending so much time sitting in this chair is because the place i work for is a government institution and government right now is getting absolutely slammed from IP addresses outside of the continental United States is all I'm going to say. And my government institution is still technically open for business, even though our physical doors are not open for business. So I am literally busier than ever. And my child's local school is so unbelievably bad. They tried to send me 75 plus pages of PDF for my two kids, instructing me on what I had to do for whatever and me being adhd add i just looked at the paper and i literally just had a panic attack and closed it so i signed my kids up to con a um a um a academy and they're doing schooling through them it took less than 20 minutes it would have taken me longer to read one of the 75 pages than it took for me to set up con academy for them and they're not loving it which is good for me as a parent um and they're learning stuff i'm learning how to be more patient 
but I'm not really good at that is what I'm going to say. Well, you know, it's funny because, well, it's the horse is long out of the barn for me in terms of my kid because I, I think one of the things that I love is that um, there are a lot of good courses out there that I'd be okay with simply saying, here's, here's your five YouTube videos I need you to watch today. It doesn't matter whether you watch them now. You've got from 6 o'clock in the morning till midnight of that day to finish all five videos. And to tell you the truth, some of these videos are so slick right now. I mean, you know, chemistry and science, those things, they're amazingly interesting now. And, you know, you could easily sit through two or three of them in a day. God knows I have. But I want to give a pro tip for the folks who do work from home because that's a lot of us. Uh, one thing that occurred to me, and it should have occurred to me faster, uh, this is our, our, we're actually now going into a, our first full month of it. What I would suggest is that when your legit hours are, say, like nine to five, at five o'clock, legit, turn your machine off and walk away. Enjoy dinner with the family. Uh, read a book or, I mean, we all have projects and stuff that we have to do at work. But you know what? I was noticing for a while that was getting time creep. You know, you do your regular eight hours. Sometimes you even blow off lunch because it's so convenient to be there. But take that time to step away because you will drive yourself crazy. And, uh, you know, you need your mental health as much as anything else. And you don't need to burn out from your job from home of all places. Yeah, I'll say for at least 10 years while at my job, physical job, I didn't have any lunch. And it's because I wanted to get as much stuff done as I could possibly get done. Now that I'm here working from home, I still don't take any lunch. But what I do is I have um, um, timers set. So every 55 minute of the hour, so every hour at the 55 minute I get up from where I'm sitting, I walk upstairs, I check on the missus if she's here because she works A, B weeks, half the time she's here, half the time not. And I prep the kids. I say, look, it's almost time for you to get on the computer. Two kids, they take turns, an hour apiece. And here's the gimmick. Khan Academy, I signed up. I logged them in as kids. I said, there's a sixth grader and a ninth grader. It suggested content for me. So they literally sit here, each of them, for over four hours a day digest content, take quizzes. I don't have to do nothing. And at the end of the day, I get a report on their progress. Um, I then forward it to the school and I say to the school superintendent, the county superintendent, if I keep getting harassing emails from your teachers telling me I have to read 20 pages of PDFs documents, I'm going to let the state succumb to outside entities who are constantly attacking us over 30,000 times an hour. I'm too busy. I don't have time to micromanage my kids. Maybe you had time to micromanage my kids when school is in session. Now that it's not, I don't. This is the report I'm going to give you. And if this does not suffice and my kids fail school, you will hear from the governor of my state. Needless to say, I got a call from the superintendent themselves a couple minutes later and said, don't worry about it. We just send that stuff out to keep everybody busy. <laughs> well, that's some kind of way of doing it. I'll tell you that. Uh, I don't know what it is for you folks, but uh, it was unofficially announced for us that we're working all the way uh, till the end of May from home. So I, I don't know what it'll be like for you guys here in Mass. They're expecting the the worst of the virus to actually start hitting us this coming week. So we'll we'll see how that all plays out. But um, 
you know, to tell you the truth, the isolation stuff hasn't bothered me enough. Uh, not enough. Uh, hasn't bothered me much because there's a lot of other things to do. You know, one of the things was hunting for videos from Libre Planet because uh, that was last week. You know, say what you will. There's absolutely no excuse not to have videos available after the the event is done because you allegedly have a team an organized team at that to handle such things. I mean, Jonathan and I were a two-man operation. We at least made the videos available during the first week after the event was done. So, you know, Libre Planet, up your game. Well, and I'll say this. I haven't heard from Jonathan Nadeau in over a year because he didn't know that Eric Ardini passed away and he passed away last April. I literally had a phone call a couple of days ago from Jonathan Adu who said he was like months behind on every podcast. And then he downloaded one of the first ones he listened to was Linux for the rest of us. And as soon as the show started, he heard Bruce Patterson. He said, Oh my God, that's fantastic. I can't believe it. It's about time. Um, so we sat there for about an hour talking on the phone back and forth. Um, um, he is in a better place than he was last year. Last year, things are going really horrible for him. And I'll say it like this. Um, anybody who worries about things, I got to tell you right now, um, distractions happen from all levels of everything. Uh, hearing from somebody like Jonathan, they do um, puts everything in perspective is what I'm going to say. When you have a dad sitting at home, homeschooling five kids and doing everything he can to be the best dad father husband that he can be um it makes my job seem like minuscule easy like why am i complaining about and i'll say this bruce he did make it a point to tell me he would try to call you very soon well i think one of the worst parts about um uh i should say well no this is true one of the worst parts about being associated with jonathan is that over the years i've actually seen firsthand the issues that he's literally had to fight for. Um, uh, as most of our listeners already know, um, Jonathan's blind. And uh, for him to find just a regular job has just been monumental. I mean, it, it's it's actually kind of disgusting, some of the things that we've encountered over the years. Um, in fact, uh, when we were um, getting our stuff together, this is in lieu of... Uh, so he he spun up his own version of uh, of uh, Linux distribution, and he pitched it to the uh, the State Institute for the Blind. They'd have nothing to do with it. They had nothing to do with it, um, and there were no words of encouragement on this, or you know, they weren't even impressed that this is somebody who did all of this stuff from scratch. Uh, embarrassingly enough, you have all these major institutions and uh, and companies that are touting, oh, you know, we're totally 100% accessible. Yeah, you know what? The challenge is hire some of them instead of talking about what you've, you know, th that is no better, no better than being PCI compliant. You know, you check off all the boxes. Are you secure? Not, not in the least. You know, it's disgusting the things that are out there because you know what? I would gladly take him over three or four of our field techs any day of the week because you know what? Uh, he's got the skills, you know, and uh, I think the biggest disappointment was when uh, he uh, lost the potential shot at the um, media 
job over at the Free Software Foundation. There's no excuse for it. They hired somebody who didn't even understand what the mission, the core mission of the Software Foundation was to begin with. I'm going to slow down and step off the box, but, uh, you know, it's always good to hear that Jonathan is doing okay. I mean, that man struggles with a lot, and my problems, they pale in comparison to the things that he has to face just every day. Yeah, and that's the thing I wanted, that's the thing that I had to remind myself of. I am a first worlder, which means my problems aren't really problems. I stop and think. We have the richest poor people that have ever existed in the history of the world or poor people who suffer from abject poverty close to me have cell phones, cars, cable television, and other amenities. Um, Jonathan lives in a place where getting those basic things is an incredible amount of work. Uh, And I almost can't comprehend it. It's literally like somebody speaks another language. And what I have to remember is all around the world, it's worse than that. So when people worry about things and claim stuff is the end of the world and mass media outlets tell us the end is near, I would really hope that people would not believe them and instead walk out their front door and just talk to people. Because again, I've walked out my front door. I've walked 10 houses in that direction, 10 houses in that direction, and I've asked everybody if they need any help. I've literally emailed people in my group, in my area. If there's anybody in my county, please let me know and I'll help. Um, And Jonathan is the kind of guy who will do anything to help anybody. He, to me, is the essence of what free Libra open source software is supposed to be. But just like anything is supposed to be, there's two sets of books. And anybody familiar with like the mafia knows there's always two sets of books. There's the cooked set of books that you show to public officials claiming everything is on the on the clear and free and G. And then you have the actual set of books where you actually dictate all of the underpinnings, all the dirty things that are happening and going on. Um, there is no ecosystem involving organizations that is completely clean whether it's a government institution, whether it's a non-governmental institution, whether it's something like the FSF or whether it's something like Gnome or whether it's even something as, I'll say, as pure as Debian. I'm sure there's dirty things going on in all of them. But when you talk about people like Bruce Patterson or me, I hold Bruce accountable for things. Bruce holds me accountable for things. So I don't think people have to worry about us being dirty or crooked, just like I don't have to worry about Jonathan doing anything bad. Uh, In fact, if I had the choice right now to make someone in America rich, it would be somebody like Jonathan, because I'm sure only good things would come out of it. Well, uh, I don't know where to go with this, because there are so many situations that I've had a front seat to see all of this. And, uh, you know, just to watch them uh, unravel like they do is is just disheartening. I mean, uh, there was an incident a while back with... um, you know, the Gnome Foundation and the development of Orca. And so, you know, he'd noticed there were some minor issues there. And, you know, this is somebody who's willing to help because, geez, he would need to use this. Um, and it was shocking, you know, though there's, it's, it's a, a one degree of, uh, one a single point of failure with that project because once the lead person is gone, that is it. There's nobody to organize, you know, the development. And, uh, 
Uh, you know, I think it's really too bad because, you know, rather than bring him on and coach him on as, hey, this is what we're looking for. Here's how you can help. You know, he was he was brought to task of why are you generating money for our project? We're not in any trouble. Well, you guys obviously haven't developed fast enough for somebody who desperately needs this this single piece of software just to get through the day. You know, of course, what he could do is just say, F it. You know what? Uh, I can go and, you know, get the state to pay for my version of JAWS and be done with it, you know. And, uh, you know, that software isn't cheap. But uh, you know what? Uh, If Jonathan were to torch everything behind him today, I couldn't blame him because, you know what? Uh, It's not the community he was hoping it would be. And I'm not sure if necessarily the community itself failed him. I think everybody has pitched in to help him get there. But it's actually the next level of folks who absolutely have failed him. Right. It's like you work at a place and all your coworkers help you, you help them. But the management just constantly tells you you're wrong and you're stupid and you're an idiot. Uh, I hate to say it. It's where rebellion needs to happen. Now, here's like a, and here's a, an honest to goodness, the best transaction kind of thing I can do, Bruce. Um, in this world of working at home, um, we have complete invalids out there relying on solutions like zoom uh zoom has made it very clear they don't care about privacy they've made it very clear they don't care about security they made it very clear they don't care about anything except the bottom line in the stock market uh i've now mentioned this project off and on for easily five years okay i love the fact i love one fact and that is that in this show in this series of episodes, I have constantly done one thing. I have no problem in saying I have constantly brought things to the surface that I am amazed three to five to eight years later, other people say, hey, did you guys know about this? This thing's pretty awesome. and, And this is an example of it. I don't expect this to catch the mainstream for maybe another year or two, but it's called Jitsi Meat. Now, long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, we used to have these horrible pieces of software called SIP phones that would connect to asterisk instances to where it would be ridiculously overly complicated to try to configure things so you could just make simple friggin' phone calls. And it was so painful. Okay. This is 2020, people. Okay. We now have a thing called Jitsi Meet. Okay. You can literally in any browser on iOS, Android, Windows, Linux, Mac, mobile, tablet, desktop, doesn't matter. Go to meet.jit.si, okay? You're presented with a screen. You can then have the opportunity to create a new instance, which is like a room. You can literally call the room anything you want, like, you know, pod nuts. You create the room and you're presented with an empty chat room. It's just you. You can then send the link to other people. You also free get a phone number, okay? But here's the dirty secret. If you go to jitsi.org slash downloads, you can download the entire server into your own ecosystem, install it yourself, host it yourself, connect it to an asterisk instance with real phone numbers, and you can have the exact same functionality inside of your own ecosystem. But here's the whole thing. I'm not going to say you don't need to. Only the most extreme, most paranoid people will need to do this. For most people, you literally can just go to meet.jitsi.meet.jit.c, uh, create a room, click the little information icon, 
set a password, and then give people the information to come and join. And you have something more powerful, more stable, more reliable for free that will last more than 40 minutes than Zoom. Um, I can't wait for this thing to finally take off, but I hate to say this, Bruce. I think it's going to literally take two to three years for people to realize that WebEx, Skype, Zoom, all of those things do not have your personal privacy in mind. Um, no, and they never did. Um, one of the things that I am kind of surprised about is if were, there were ever an opportunity for Google or Alphabet to step up and, and win the day. Actually, you know, it would have been to expand their Hangouts. I mean, I don't know what they're doing in terms of the development for it, but, you know, um, you're correct in the fact that Zoom does not care how much information is being leaked out. And there was an article, I think, in USA Today uh, literally talking about how Zoom apologizes for rerouting traffic through China. What is wrong with you? You know, and the worst part about it is that, you know, it's like any other department. I mean, Dilbert is kind of the uh, the Bible for anybody who works day to day because it really captures everything, including the bosses that uh, I report to who have no understanding of technology. In fact, a lot of articles that were written in the past week, either through the New York Times, Ars Technica, any of the major um, tech papers, the question came up, what about security of Zoom? Aren't you guys concerned? And they said, our security team is on it. Well, again, security team, they, they're almost as useless as the PCI compliance. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that what they do is they make recommendations and they feel that, you know, that it's a safe uh, product when they have no idea what the product does. The only thing I can say that I do like about Zoom is the crispness of the picture that you get. Uh, they've gotten that part right. But other than that, I mean, I would sacrifice the grainy pictures that we get from any of the other alternatives, all knowing that. I know that it's somewhat locked down. And what's worse, nobody's going to be bombing our, our, our discussion here today. Yeah, I will say Google still plans on killing public-facing Hangouts in December. I don't understand why. Microsoft, I know you hate that word, but I'm going to say it. Microsoft Teams saw a 700% increase in the last 30 days, which makes me puke in my mouth. Uh, the Zoom people did say they were going to cease all development and all feature development in lieu of trying to focus on security developments, which, you know, good luck because, you know, Charlie Brown will never be able to kick the football. Zoom will never be able to be secure. And I beg people, uh, meet.jit.si, click it, check it out. Uh, it's not perfect. Do you know what it is? Nothing. And if you expect perfection, you're going to be disappointed. Okay, period. It works. It works good enough. Once in a while, maybe every three or four hours, you have to refresh your browser for it to work. Um, with the price of free, you pay for it with something else. And in in the case of Jitsi, uh, you might have to once in a while refresh the browser. Um, I will say on the work from home kind of mentality, the other solution I would definitely beg people to at least look at having your most technically advanced person on your team I would ask them to look at a thing called um, Nextcloud. Uh, with Nextcloud, you can easily have centralized email, centralized file sharing, centralized um, XMPP type chat sessions. Um, 
there's a world of possibility right there at your fingertips where you don't have to rely on people hosting content in any other country uh, like Microsoft, like Google, like Dropbox, like OneDrive, like anybody else. Um, and with NextCloud, it's very easy for you to own everything that uh, you have to touch. It comes with the downside. You have to be an administrator, which I beg you to talk to the most nerdy people amongst you and ask them if they can host a NextCloud instance. If they can do that, they can then host a Jitsi instance. And then you don't have to rely on third parties. You don't have to rely on people that, that you don't trust to host all these kinds of solutions. And you can literally host them yourself. Well, also on the line of uh, Jitsi, um, actually, it was they wrote an um, article about it uh, in this week's Forbes. Um, they were talking about Zoom alternatives. And uh, I was actually very surprised because, quite frankly, you're right. Most of the time, you know, we're aware of these technologies and we, we tout them faster than most folks ever get a chance to uh, study, if they even care about it, to tell you the truth. You know, I think... Uh, if anything, you know, Google Hangouts is great for my brothers and I if we have a chance that we need to see each other face-to-face -face for who knows what reason. But anyway, uh, it's nice to have some other options there, too. Teams, oh, geez, you know, uh, I, I hitting on Microsoft is like shooting fish in a barrel because it, it's so easy to do. The problem with this is that, you know, if it weren't nearly as resource intensive as, as it is, I, I could see it being useful. But right now it's like anything else. They're so busy tying everything to the cloud and, you know, setting everything up on the Azure platform that, you know, performance takes a major hit. And, you know, Teams is okay if you like laggy, um, you know, get used to it. Um, Skype for business, it's Skype for trash. I mean, it's, it's awful. It's, it, you know, it's a shell of the application that it used to be. I mean, it had so much hope, but, you know, quite frankly, um, when it ultimately becomes, uh, teams in full, you know, we'll see what happens, but, you know, uh, again, that's enterprise and we want to shy away from that. Yeah. And I will say, here's the dirty secret, Bruce. I can give you a 22 rifle, give you a barrel, fill it with water, put fish in it. You can't shoot them because actually shooting fish in a barrel, it's freaking difficult. Microsoft Teams messing up is like punching yourself in the face. If you mess up, it's your own damn fault. It's that easy. Um, I am going to try to copy and paste a email I got from Mozilla. And the email is literally tips on making your Zoom gatherings more private. Because here's the whole thing, Bruce hypothetically you're a vegan i'm a vegan we want everybody to be a vegan but we know that's not going to happen so what we can do is we can tell people how to be more animal friendly because we know they're not going to be vegan we don't expect people to give up their zoom because they're too damn stupid to so what we do is we can literally tell them here's how you can make your zoom gatherings more private and there are ways to do it i literally begged my wife her job her boss told her and every employee, you have to open up Zoom and leave it up and running for eight straight hours while you're working. And which my wife said, well, what would you do? I said, I would quit. And she like double take what? I said, there's no way in hell I would let a camera be on me for my employer for eight straight hours. She said, why? I said, because what happens when I go to the bathroom? Do they want me to check out? When I have to check on a kid, do they want me to check out? When I get on to eat, do they want me to check out? When I scratch myself, are they going to know it? So no. I'm not going to have a camera on me for eight straight hours. 
And she was kind of shocked. And I said, look, no matter what you do, don't click anything you ever experienced in Zoom. Tell people if they want you to do something, send it to them in email. Um, Zoom now is the low-hanging fruit. I'm so happy we do not use it for work. I'm so thankful I don't have to touch it because right now it is the biggest target that's maybe ever existed in the entire ecosystem of computing. Literally, there's nothing I think right now that more people in more countries are looking at compromising than Zoom. So I'm going to try to make sure this email is in the notes. I'll do my best. Well, I know that we rely on it completely. In fact, what's worse is that uh, you may have seen that article last week where um, you're allowed to change your virtual backgrounds and everything in it. And this woman turned herself into a potato and couldn't figure out how to change it back. The best part about it is that, you know, out of 124 of us that met on Friday, one of the kids was just poking fun at that because he showed up in the meeting as a potato. <laughs> now, the worst part about it is that only three of us got the reference. <laughs> well, that goes to show you. And, and I'll say it like this also. Um, the thing I really like about working from home is now I have one computer running my Windows operating system. I have two screens running full-blown Linux, and then I have another one running a Raspberry Pi instance on Linux. I can do all of my research unbelievably safely on the public internet using search engines like Quant, Q-W-A-N-T, and I can find everything I want out, everything I need to do, I can research there, and then go into the Windows box and just type what I need to type because we still need to use, quote-unquote, Windows for work for now. Um but I will say this, I did get soft approval in the last week to allow a virtualized Linux desktop to be implemented in our ecosystem and see what kind of tools I could put on it and see how useful I could make it for the administrators who work there. Um, I already know a couple tools I'm going to use. One is Remenia. If you don't know R-E-M-M-I-N-A then I'm going to tell you right now, whatever you do to remote into computers, whatever you use SSH into computers, whatever you use is unbelievably painful in comparison. Romania is maybe one of the most highly polished remote connection tools I think I've seen on any ecosystem. Oh, I'll totally second that. In fact, uh, right now, my home, so I have my work laptop with me, but, you know, again, my eyes rolled, and I prefer my own machine because, well, I've got a 30-inch screen, so why not? Um, and, you know, the best part about it is that, so uh, I'm running MX Linux uh, from my home. I've created a separate work profile so I can just log in. And, you know, one of the things that you don't want to do is, um, you know, automatically have Google remember your work passwords or stuff like that. But you know what? I don't care. In this case... I totally use Google for all the work stuff because it works quickly. I lock it down with VPN. And, um, you know, when the day is done, I mean, I think my production machine is much faster than my laptop because I don't have all the hooks that Windows 10 has. Um, and everything runs. I mean, uh, I'm barely using any of the processor speed because most of our applications are web-based as it is anyway. Uh, and even... In a slowdown, 
during uh, business hours, I got to tell you, my internet speed is literally cut in half, and I'm running uh, uh, fiber optics here at home. We're running uh, FiOS. If you do a speed test, usually on a good day, I've got 75 up, 75 down. And during work hours, it's 34 up and maybe 30 down. And on the worst times, I've seen it get as low as 14. So, yeah, those are those are challenges that we come across. But because we're running uh, efficient machines here, I don't see that impact that other folks will. Yeah, and as- I'll say this. Uh, we've poked violently ISPs ridiculously hard. I will say this. Uh, a lot of the ISPs in the United States of America in the last 30 days have lifted bandwidth caps. And a lot of people are like um, very cockily saying, well, that just proves that they didn't need them in the first place. Um, I'll so say it like this. I know now three people who are higher end network technicians for these ISPs. Uh, most of them are working between 60 and 75 hours a week to keep things up and running. And I don't know about you. I have not seen a split second of actual downtime in 30 days, even though we all should realize the usage has maybe went up by two to 700% anywhere you go in the United States of America. Right now, 80% of the kids in the world are not going to school. Nobody uses more bandwidth than kids in YouTube. Let's just get that out there. Okay. So why don't we not call all these ISPs completely evil and instead let's thank their technicians for doing what I consider to be a fantastic job of keeping things up and running. We can still scold the company themselves, but the technicians who are doing this backbreaking work to make sure everything is up and running, granted the speed might be cut down, but yes, stuff is still running uh, and we can still get things done. I've had my VPN slowed down. It's supposed to be 125 megs. I've seen it go down to under a meg a second when I do my speed test. But I'll say it like this, Bruce, not all speed tests are created equally. And I'm almost tempted to ask you which speed test do you use? Because I'll tell you right now, I use two speed tests uh, in uh, conjunction with each other. One is uh, speedof.me. I use that one because they use large blocks of data, not just little blocks of data. The other one I want to say is fast.com it's the official netflix one uh, so which one do you like actually i just go with the default one that shows up in uh, google search uh i'll tell you right now yeah fast.com is the netflix owned and operated one and the reason i like it is only because of this if anybody is going to be slowed down it's netflix because isps hate netflix because of the amount of bandwidth they use if you go to fast.com you can then click on show more info and they can then show you upload download ping latency and other things like that because by default they just show you download speed um i will say speedtest.net is the old classic one well you know it's funny you think i'd actually get the uh the url for it oh it's actually speedtest.net well, and that's a good one. Don't get me wrong. But here's the best thing about speedtest.net. If you literally drop to a command line, most distributions, most Fedora, most Debian-based distributions, and even Slackware, I believe, you can install 
speed test dash CLI, and you can make it an actual command line instance where you can do your speed test. And I know multiple people who literally every X minutes, typically it's like 10 or 15 minutes, they run a speed test and they send the result to themselves as emails. Um, we should be monitoring our ISPs as much as they monitor us kind of thing. Um, and again, I'll say this, the techs out there who are working for the Comcast, who are working for the Fios, who are working for AT&T, thank you. Because if it, if it wasn't for you guys literally busting your hump for your companies, we as end users would not be able to do what we're doing right now every single day of the week. Um, uh, I don't like Comcast at all. I don't like Verizon whatsoever, but I definitely appreciate the techs who are doing their jobs. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things I can say is that for for all the uh, warts that our uh, network operations team has, they were fully prepared for this. Um, you know, the company we have on a good day, if everybody is, is going to jump on it, should bring in roughly 25, 30,000 connections. But that's never been the case. In fact, uh, we I think the busiest time before we got to this point was we had 1,600 connections all at once. Uh, the largest actually just happened this past Thursday, and we had 4,200 people on at once. So we still have a ways to go. And, you know, like I said, the connection to the work boxes have been fine, you know. What's a little bit more damning is when uh, the phone calls come in at the support desk, you realize that some towns in Mass are not as equal as others. Uh, we're looking at Lynn, Massachusetts being one of them. Their folks, oh, they were getting single digits for uh, up and down speed. So, uh, Lynn, up your game. <laughs> yeah, and my wife doesn't understand me that I try to explain to her when we move, I almost don't care about the house. I don't care about the square footage. I don't care about the yard. I don't care about the street. I don't care about the curb. I don't care about the mailbox laws. I don't care about the shed laws. I don't care how tall the grass is. All I care about is A, what kind of broadband speeds do I get? B, what kind of mobile network speeds do I get? C, am I under like the constraint of a homeowner's association? If those three things are met, I don't care. I really, honestly, I don't care if the house is pink with purple polka dots and I can't paint it. As long as I have those three things, I'll be a happy fellow. Because once again, self-isolation, I love the fact that you people call it self-isolation because I call it normal behavior. I don't want to see you people. I don't want to be around you people. I don't want to be around anybody. I could live like this for the rest of my life in perfect, content happiness. And then only go to large gatherings when someone dies or someone's getting married. And I tell you right now, I've had three people in the last week die because of this crap. Two of them by OD, one of them by suicide. So I ask you people out there, right again, what's the worst thing that could happen with all of this, uh, you know, self-confinement? And I'll say people who have mental issues, people who have anxiety issues, people who have to suffer with battering people have to suffer with being abused mentally or physically right now are experiencing the worst times in their lives do not ever forget about them and i beg everyone contact people ping them ask how everything's going if they have kids ask to do like a zoom party where you can actually see the kids to see if the kids have bruises on them 
because right now it's bad for a lot of people. You know, we might be protecting senior citizens and we might be protecting people with autoimmune diseases like my oldest kid, uh, kid, but there are other people out there who are extremely suffering right now and do not let anybody fool you. Uh, perfection is unobtainable, especially right now, early April. Besides, you know, April Fool's, thankfully, didn't really happen this year. Well, to that point, one of the things I find interesting, too, is you look at before we ended up with uh, the virus, um, before we started going down this trail of madness. I think one of the interesting aspects about it, too, is that when you consider our everyday life uh, and how much all of it is at one time recorded by something or someone, um, it makes getting away with. Uh, the darker side of life a little bit more difficult, which is good because, I mean, you look at all of these things that have come out. I mean, when we were kids, you know, there were a lot of things that were just never talked about, which leads to a lot of, you know, suppression and, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, you know, and how most of us weren't more mentally damaged coming out of that is kind of surprising. But, um, you know, when the day is done, it is nice that you have some of these things that have come out. You know, one of the interesting aspects of it is that I thought it, I don't know, maybe all of, all of the things that have been going on in places like the movie industry and, you know, just life in general. When the Me Too fa um, uh, movement started up, uh, it was just interesting that Harvey Weinstein was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes, and I'll say I was so happy when I heard he contracted. Um, I I don't know if it's true or not. I heard he contracted the coronavirus. He he got COVID nineteen, and what I really do honestly picture, I picture a female incredibly hot walk by him, and he like you know looked, and she just turned to him and went, <coughs> and just totally infected him. Um, uh, I at least I hope that's what happened because there there are scummy people in every industry, whether it's you know, automotive, whether it's dentistry, whether it's morgue, there's always scummy people in every industry. And he seems to have been one of the most scummiest people who've ever existed in Hollywood. But that's only because I don't know, because I guarantee you there was a hell of a lot of worse people back in like the 40s and 50s. Um, uh, you know, everything's time has come. Timing is everything. If he would have existed 20 years earlier, he would have just been touted as the best thing that's ever happened. Uh, he just happened to be available to be that martyr and that person who takes all the punishment. Um, uh, and and be, without them dumb, I'm glad somebody was able to take it because uh, I know women in general have a hard time doing a lot of things, not only just being treated equally, but just being treated with respect. Um, and really quick, Bruce, between me and you, I want to say I was 13 years old, maybe 14 years old. I remember saying to myself, self, the only person who can be my wife is someone with a brain, first and foremost. And I have no problem saying my wife is clearly smarter than me. That doesn't mean she's fallible or like she can't make mistakes. Cause let me tell you something. She makes a hell of a lot of mistakes, including picking this guy right here. So with that stated, uh, nothing is perfect. We all have flaws. Oh, and I want to quote George Carlin real quick. People don't understand that perception is reality. And what you perceive is unbelievably flawed. 
George Carlin said, when you're driving down the road, there's two kinds of people driving. There's maniacs and there's jerks, which I'm making more PC. The maniacs are the people that are flying by you because what's wrong with them? They're maniacs. And then the people who are driving too slow are jerks. What's wrong with those people that are driving too slow? But what he didn't state was the obvious conclusion to that, which is you driving that car are a jerk and a maniac to everybody else on the road. Okay. Nobody is perfect. We all believe we see this thing in front of us. And that is the actual fact. Half of the people right now are extremely overreacting. The other half of the people are extremely underreacting. Right now in America, in April, nobody needs 300 rolls of toilet paper and nobody needs to stand three inches from somebody and breathe on them. Okay. It would be really nice if we could find a medium to where the stupid people could just die and the smart people would progress on. But, you know, we have a thing called natural selection to take care of that. Well, you forgot guns. I was shocked to find out that gun sales are through the roof. I know. You know. The gun shops here in Mass will not close, despite the fact that the state says all non-essential businesses must be closed. And these people are openly staying, you know, open. Now, they won't let mass gatherings into the store, but that's not the point. I mean, honestly, you're in your fortress of toilet paper and guns. Good for you. Yeah, and look, every definition in the history of man is blurry, you know. What is essential? Well, you know, it depends. What is right? Well, it depends. What's wrong? Well, it depends. What's the truth? Well, it depends. Uh, and it's this, you know, that's the truth with everything. Um, luckily, though, we are only talking about Lennox and what is Lennox and what is not. And we know BSD isn't Lennox. We know Windows isn't Lennox. But I'm still going to put money on the fact that the Windows kernel before 2022 or 2023 will go away and Microsoft will be relying on the Linux kernel for all their infrastructure, which I feel we're pretty comfortable in saying. Uh, and with that stated, I still think the Linux Foundation will be in such a place that nobody will be able to comprehend what the hell they're doing, why the hell they're doing, when the hell they're doing. The only thing we'll be able to tell is how much money they're bringing in. And of as of April 2020, they're bringing in a hell of a lot of money. I just hope that they're putting money towards more constructive things, um, more beneficial things than, you know, like Microsoft Teams or ATI Radeon drivers. So for the pause that I had there, all right, it is LWN.net. Uh, this is actually one of the few sites that I think I'm actually going to uh, subscribe to uh, because it's one of the uh, um, sites that focuses entirely on Linux in general. And the reason why is because I'm very curious as to where this relationship will go uh, going forward because there are a lot of moving parts in this. You are also involving folks like the Linux Foundation. Now, interestingly enough, apparently there there was another uh overarching organization i guess years ago I, i'm not sure but before the linux foundation there was something else that linus torvalds was a uh, board member of and so i'm curious at to what point will linus decide that the linux foundation is no longer for him 
because the thing is, is that granted the foundation pays him a lot of money. So it's kind of hard to say eh, who needs cash. Uh, we all do. Uh, but um, at some point, uh, what will be the breaking point? And I think it's really too bad because uh, I just don't see a lot of journalists being able to ask him these kind of questions. I think a lot of them fear him for whatever reason. I mean, well, we know that they're worried about getting the F-bomb, you know, yell at them or something. But, you know, journalism has turned into sort of a, a coward's game. And they're afraid of offending somebody or asking hard questions because they will never get another interview with these people. But somebody's going to have to stay, start taking a chance because, geez, what passes off for news today is just abysmal. Well, you know, the dying of the mass medias is a double-edged sword. In one respect, we were able to circumcise uh, really these huge conglomerate multimedia billion dollar places but what we got in return isn't really much better it seems like um lwn.net news from the source i don't say is a site that i ever heard of before but i go to lwn.net click on facts and it definitely looks like it's more of a user-based ah sorry locally sourced homegrown free range GMO safe, balanced like solution type aggregator of content. Um, and here's the thing: I'm not against conglomerates putting out information as long as they are unbiasedly relinquish the fact that they are biased, and that's really all I care about. Um, in the same token, I like hearing the small guy's opinion on things as long as they're unbiasedly honest about the fact that they are a small fish in the sea and we are you know locally sourced kind of stuff so i will um, make sure the link to lwn.net is in the notes well interestingly enough too anybody who goes there one of the first articles that they'll see you know they is a paid article 5.7 merge window part one the um, article author is actually John Corbett, one of the kernel developers. So um, one of the reasons why uh, I've been uh, drawn to this site is because actually there are kernel developers who actually write articles for uh, this uh, website. So it's, um, it's nice because it gives you uh, other subscription options too. I mean, if you want to be super cheap about it you can go in as a student they're not going to uh they're not going to check against it uh but um anyway uh this is one of the few sites uh you know along with like pharonics too that you know run their own business and they've been they've been largely part of uh i would say they're largely agnostic i mean they're not going to rip into to windows they're going to give a fair shot at reporting as fair as we could possibly see it you know uh, a couple of other sites too usually worth mentioning too are ars technica which is actually one of my favorite go-to sites and let's not forget the venerable slash dot uh slash dot still exists and it's still good um I will say I like on LWN.net, if it's a paid article, it's painfully obvious because there's a friggin' dollar sign in the beginning of the article header. Um, if you as a user go to this website and you don't realize it's a paid article, guess what? You are an idiot. And I've had more than a couple of emails in the last whatever time frames where people can't believe I call listeners idiots, which obviously makes that 
person an idiot. I'm not only honest with myself, I'm honest with everybody else, which is why my wife will never again ask me, do these jeans make my butt look big? Because I will tell her the truth, just like I will be honest with everybody out there. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm not going to hide things. I'm not going to make things like completely like sugarcoated just because it's the right thing to do because it's not the right thing to do. And if you think it's the right thing to do, I beg you to please go away for the rest of your life. If you don't like being called an idiot, then you are an absolute moron. I like when someone at my job points out something I did and says, you're an idiot. Because I immediately turn to them and say, uh, well, um, what is the, um, right way I should have done it instead of preaching from the top, like a social justice warrior that I know what the truth is. I know for a fact, I actually am quite stupid on a great number of topics. Um, on searching the internet though, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sharp on that topic. Um, so I will definitely look at LWN.net and I have no problem supporting those who support me. So don't be shocked if I become a paid supporter of this website here shortly. And like I said, these are things that, you know, every little bit helps for this. So, um, and I've known about this site, geez, literally for years. I don't even know how old they are anymore. They're older than me, but not by much. <laughs> oh boy. Gotcha, gotcha. And I will say it like this, um, Linux on the desktop keeps becoming more and more stable, more and more mature. This is April. We're going to see some mass deployments here for Ubuntu uh, shortly. Uh, Fedora is going to be shortly there behind it. Um, Debian is going to be in typical fashion, like 10 months plus behind it. Um, Linux on the desktop is almost becoming as painless as any other option is what i'm going to say uh, if you install any linux distribution and you need assistance figuring out how to do x figuring out why do i need to do y or just how can i get this damn thing running don't hesitate send us an email podcast at linux for the rest of us.com you can also send us a voicemail at 7076 pod.com uh if you want to send us a email or a um communication telling us that we're stupid you might as well not nobody in the history of the world has ever turned to somebody and told them to calm down because they were over over overacting and actually seen any success um that never works it never has worked it never will work um instead if you want to communicate on a more natural level all you gotta do is send us an email podcast at linux for the rest of us.com uh, and I will say to Bruce, uh, Bruce, I hope everything's going well with you. If there's anything you need, all you got to do is let me know. And I will um, ping Jonathan and ask him, so did you call up Bruce yet or not? You know, it's funny because that's absolutely, I have his number right here. So there's no reason why I can't. Tomorrow, I make that a goal. Double dang, double dang. And I'll say this, my dream, I got no problem saying this. My dream is to play. I can't remember the name of the game. It was a Star Trek based game where you had multiple people with their own instances running at any point in time to where I would be like the navigator. My screen would only show me navigation information. 
Bruce would be like the security officer. His screen would only show me security things. Cody Cooper would be like the science officer. His screen would only show me science things. And then Jonathan would be the captain. His screen would show him nothing because he's the captain. And he just has to listen to everybody's input and then decide what's right. Uh, my dream is to actually get that up and running and to actually stream that content one day. Um, it still could happen. Uh, it might not happen today, but it might happen any day from now. And if you want to partake in such a thing, all you have to do again is shoot us an email podcast at Linux for the rest of us. I want to thank Bruce for coming out. I want to thank everyone else for their communications that don't troll us. I want to thank everyone for their support. I want to thank everyone for their downloads and do not forget Linux is not just for the newbie and the veteran, but it's for everybody else out there, a.k.a. Linux for the rest of us. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, everyone. And I'll talk to everyone again real soon.